0: Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing their series on small business owners who are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well, our guest is a paddleboarder who knows the importance of an open delta. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration and our guest this week is Kristen Hagen, the partner of Hagen-Denison LLP. Welcome to Small Business Celebration.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: For visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do?
1: My name is Kristen Hagen and I am the partner at Hagen-Denison. I am a transactional lawyer uh, with a practice in the business and real estate arena and I'm a mother of two.
0: The reason we're talking with Kristen today is because I have, over the last six months, been getting a tremendous amount of messages from visionaries just like you wanting to find out about buildings, real estate law, how does this and that work together, I'm trying to get something through the city, something through the county, something's impeding me in the state, and that is the reason we're here, is we're talking with Kristen because that is one of the things that you do.
1: It is, that is uh, one area of my practice, uh, where I have reason to interact with various agencies, whether it be at the local, state, or sometimes even the federal level.
0: How long have you been doing this? Since yeah, the dawn you're of time, right? With that, right off the bat. <laughs> yes. okay. I see how this is going to go. Yes. Well, you know, this is a very serious <laughs> conversation. We want to know all the dirt. Yes,
1: apparently so. Apparently so. I've done this for nineteen years.
0: First of all, why did you go into this area of law? Because you could have chosen a whole variety of other things to do, but why this particular area?
1: Sure. When I actually decided to go to law school, I did not originally envision myself practicing in a traditional setting. Uh, I was motivated to go to law school. I thought um, I would pursue a career in lobbying Mm. or public policy. Anyway, long story short, as I started actually practicing civil law and was um, dabbling in various areas when I started um, handling real estate and land use matters. It was kind of the perfect marriage between um, the legal practice and, on some level, advocating and lobbying on behalf of my clients before government agencies. So it was Ah. kind of a natural marriage of those interests.
0: You wanted to become a lobbyist and not a politician, because oftentimes that's the other way around.
1: Yes. No, very distinctly knew I did not want to be in politics, though I'm not so sure that line doesn't get blurred a little bit, but at any rate, no, I I wanted to, I thought I wanted to pursue a career in, uh, in
0: that realm. Now you started your career working for another firm. Correct. Walk us through that process. Sure
1: just before i had made the decision to go out on my own i was working for uh, a firm here in town uh, a firm that is based in a uh, somewhere else in the state but had a local office here in town and I was getting the sense that maybe that local office wasn't going to have the longevity that I was looking
0: for. <laughs> you saw the writing on the I wall. I saw the
1: writing on the wall. So at that point, I was trying to figure out uh, my next move and um, through some great advice and coaching and mentoring, I ultimately decided to uh, open up my own shop and, and go at it alone and, and uh, try my own thing for a while. So. And I was really looking for something different at that mm. point in my life. My, my kids were young, and um, the traditional um, firm setting wasn't exactly conducive to raising our family the way we wanted. Ah. And so I, I wanted to have a little more control over my own destiny.
0: And you managed to convince your husband <laughs> to come work with you. Yeah,
1: that came later, <laughs> but <laughs> right. yes. He, I think found himself you know scratching his head and, and having the same questions at, at a different point in his life and, and career, but you know wanting something a little different, wanting our overall life to look a little different right and made the decision to come over and um, partner with me so
0: what other kinds of services does your firm provide to business owners?
1: We are a full service civil law firm. Okay. Um, we- Not criminal. No. Very, yeah. Right. We do not. It's probably easier to explain what we don't do than what we <laughs> sure, do. right. So to your point, we don't do any criminal law, mm-hmm. um, no family law. Um, we don't do any bankruptcy law. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a litigation side of the practice, and so we have um, a civil uh, defense uh insurance defense practice as well as uh, uh, a business litigation practice right and then on the transactional side um, our transactional lawyers handle real estate matters uh, general business matters anything from uh, mergers sales um, and then we also do estate planning as
0: well. Now, one of the things we're gonna talk about in the next segment is a question that I've been getting on a fairly regular basis over the last six months, talking about land use, special permits, and that sort of thing. And that's, like I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons we're talking with Kristen here. But before we do that, if engineers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that?
1: Our office number here is uh, 661-215-4980. Or they can email me at my email address, which is kristin, and that's k-r-i-s-t-i-n, at hagen-law.com. And our website is www.hagen-law.com. Social media? We are on social media, and uh, we can be uh, found on Twitter, and that handle is at Hagen Denison Law.
0: Like I mentioned, when we come back, we're going to talk about land use law. Yes, trust me, it will be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Have no fear. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. We love the comments. That's one of the reasons we're here talking with Kristen. And we'll be right back with your vision, your question. 80 years. For 80 years, the Clarou family has owned and operated Clarou Tire by bringing families and businesses like yours the quality tires and brake service you would expect to keep your family and your business safe for thousands and thousands of miles at a time. Visit Clarou Tire at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or give them a call at 661-324-6069 and discover the Clarou Tire difference for your family and your business. 80 years. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at claroutire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U tire.com today. I'm here with Kristen Hagen, the partner of Hagen Denison LLP, and our visionary question comes from Taylor who asks, our family business has grown and diversified significantly and it's time for us to move and expand, but in order to do that it looks like we need to build a new building in an area that needs a special permit. I'm concerned about how much this is going to take out of my family emotionally. What should we be prepared for?
1: Well, I think that's a great question and I think it's says a lot that Taylor is asking the question at the forefront um, and is being mindful of you know what is this going to take not only financially but you know what am I in for emotionally (laughs) to make this happen. Because it
0: sounds like this is going to be quite a process.
1: You know uh, it could be Mm, potentially. Um, My best piece of advice for Taylor is to do his homework and Mm. by that I mean you know be in conversation with all the right people at the forefront, so that you've you've mapped out what the process looks like. You know going into it mm-hmm. what you're going to need, who you're going to need on your team to get there, mm-hmm. and then any potential issues that uh, could be out there that you'll need to deal with. Right, because I think the, the the misconception sometimes as you initiate the process is oh, I'll deal with those problems as they arise.
0: Right.
1: The best piece of advice I have is, you've gotta have a plan to stay out in front of it, mm. or else it could derail your project very quickly. Right. So um, just be in those conversations and, and get the right people on your team at the forefront, whether that be a lawyer, an engineer, um, some sort of an c- environmental consultant, depending on the circumstances, but put your team together at the forefront and stay out in front of those issues.
0: One of the things that we hear a lot on small business celebrations is get the right people around you. Mm-hmm. What advice or what suggestion would you give on this business owner on finding or or trying to, to figure out who the best people are to get around you? How do you, how do, you do that?
1: I think the types of questions that you should be asking any type of consultant or professional that mm-hmm. you're potentially going to be engaging to assist you.
0: Right.
1: You know, get some sense as to how many types of, of projects similar to yours have they handled in the past mm. and what are their relationships like with uh, those key players, the stakeholders, whether it be at the city or the county, mm. and how often have they been out in front of those people and engaged with those people? Those types of kind of probing questions and see what the answers are. And usually, I think if you start with one, let's say you know you have to engage an engineer mm-hmm. a lot of times those engineers that operate in that world will also be able to help filter you towards oh, the right people and say okay. oh okay for that particular issue this person has faced that before this is who i trust this is who i trust
0: right mm-hmm. getting out in front of this is this something that you learn from paddleboarding <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a good segment.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've done this before. Yeah, yes, I can tell, I can tell. Uh,
1: uh, well, I'm probably not as good in the paddleboard sense in that regard. Sure. Yeah. Yes, I do enjoy paddleboarding. I don't get to do it as often as I would like, obviously, given uh, our location right. where right. we live. but. Um, yeah, love to put the paddleboard on the top of the car and head over to Venter or Oxnard and drop it in the water and put my little dog on the front of it and off we go, so.
0: How did you, or where did you learn to paddleboard?
1: We were on vacation one summer oh. and um, my kids and my husband really liked to kayak mm-hmm. and they were renting paddleboards at the same location. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna try that and hopped on and I loved it. When my kids were little, they could sit on the front of the board, too, and it was just great. I love it. It's really peaceful and relaxing and a good workout at the same time. So,
0: What have you learned from paddleboarding that you apply to your business?
1: Oh, interesting. The first word that came to mind was consistency. Okay. How so? You know, so getting into a good rhythm and being consistent with your strokes as you're paddleboarding, I think there's something to be said and uh, you can apply that in your business life as well. Right. Um, You know, you're always going to kind of have peaks and valleys in your professional life, but if there are certain things that you hold on to and you're consistent about, I think you'll find your way through the other side.
0: One of the things that I found fascinating when... And, and, and I didn't realize this until you pointed this out to me this morning before we started, is the open delta in your logo. Because businesses spend a lot of time analyzing and thinking about what's going to represent their business. Mm-hmm. And for visionaries, we'll, we'll put this up on the camera on the YouTube. If you're listening to this, you'll have to go to, to Hagendenisonlaw.com. No, it's Hagen-Law.com. Hagen-Law.com. And you'll be able to see this open delta that we're talking about. First of all, explain... First of all, describe what the delta is, the open delta is, and then explain the significance behind this.
1: Okay, so delta, the symbol, you see it a lot in mathematics. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, our symbol is the triangle delta sign, but one of the sides is open. Really? And that particular symbol means um, open to change Ah. or forward moving. In choosing that as a symbol of our business, um, it's a good constant reminder that things are going to change whether you like it or not. (laughs) The
0: only constant
1: in life. Is change, right? And so um, embrace it. Mm. And rather than uh, look at it as a negative, um, see it as the potential to create something bigger and better on the back end of it.
0: Was this symbol something at the very start of the business, or was this an evolutionary process of the business that ended up with the Open Delta?
1: It was as a result of (laughs) of some evolution in the business, definitely. What happened? Uh, So uh, I had a period in my... um, personal life, which kind of obviously then impacted my professional life. Um, My father was ill for a little while before he passed and uh, I wasn't quite as engaged in the business as Mm. I should have been probably. but on the other hand, you know, we just we all do what we're capable of in any right. given moment. Right. And we, as a business, um, on the back end of that, experienced some change and transition, mm. which felt rough and uh, scary and chaotic at the right. time, but really used it as an opportunity to pivot and turn the corner and uh, create a business, a new vision for our business uh, that was even better than the vision we had previously. And thus? And thus, moving forward and open to change.
0: <laughs> the reason we're here with Kristen Hagen, with hagen Dennison LLP, is because of a visionary question that came from a visioner just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn Facebook, and Instagram, and wanted to find out, well, we're trying to grow into a new building, but the zoning isn't working, but good grief, is this going to take forever to do? So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Kristen Hagen, one of the partners here at hagen Dennison LLP, and our visionary question comes from Juan who asks, my daughter's in college and wants to go into law. I think she would be good at it and should open up her own firm, but she's being told she needs to work at a large firm instead. What do you suggest?
1: I would say first off, there's no hard and fast rule uh, in terms of the path one should take. Right. Um, I think that everybody needs to kind of do some self-exploration and figure uh, out what that path should right. be. And I think the best way to um, start on that path of exploration is while she's in law school. Mm-hmm. Seek out uh, internships, uh, externships, uh, summer intern programs, clerking programs that give you exposure to different areas of the law uh-huh. and in different settings. Okay. Um, for instance, when I was a third-year law student, I uh, had an internship with the U.S. Attorney's Office and handled criminal matters. Right. So I don't, you, I've never... You said,
0: no way, I don't want to do that. Well,
1: <coughs> I had a fantastic experience. I've never practiced professionally in the criminal realm, but there are definite um, lessons and things that I took away from that experience that I've applied to my career from day one. So. But to your point, yes, it absolutely helps you determine, you know, what's right for you, where your interests lie, and the type of environment that you would thrive in. And I think, uh, you know, being open to exploring owning your own firm uh, is a great thing. I will say that I think I don't know how realistic it is to do that right out of law school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it takes some time to... um, be mentored and work with other lawyers and and get the lay of the land before you tackle something like that.
0: Right. I'd also think that one of the challenges, especially coming right out of school, would be when you're owning your own firm, you also have to wear the hat of bringing in clients.
1: Oh sure, absolutely.
0: And that they don't teach you that in law school.
1: No, you yes. <laughs> no, that you learn to uh, sit for and pass the bar in law school, and right. practicing is a totally different ball game.
0: How did you learn how to go out into the real world and procure clients?
1: Well, I have been very fortunate and have had some really great mentors over the years, and you know. Engaging and, and trying to, um, get you know, uh, engage clients, that's, that's a different skill set than right. actually practicing law and sitting at your desk and doing the work. And right. so it's a skill that needs to be developed. And fortunately, I had mentors that were willing and open to allowing me to interface with clients and engage with clients so that I could develop that skill set.
0: You read a lot for your practice every day I do I do (laughs) so I'm guessing that deep heavy business books and periodicals is probably not something you go home and uh, and delve into
1: no I'm not inclined to go (laughs) home yeah you caught me I am not inclined to go home and and pick up
0: but you do enjoy reading
1: I do enjoy reading I do I do what are you reading right now so, I just finished a book called um, Ask Again Yes, Ask a, Again a yes? novel. And um, who, who wrote that? That was written by Mary Ann King.
0: Mary Beth King? Y- Mary Beth King. Why did you enjoy Ask Again Yes?
1: I uh, enjoyed that story for a couple of reasons. Um, I don't want to give too much away to (laughs) potential readers in the future, but um, it follows and tracks um, two families uh, that uh, are neighbors. And I'll just say there is a tragic event that occurs between the families and um, then continues to track those families beyond that event. And at the end of the the book, you realize it's really about a story of forgiveness and acceptance. uh, beautiful story.
0: Escapism is important.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> How do you use reading to to break away from the business and, and all the stress that goes with it?
1: It's just the opportunity, I think, to turn the work portion of your brain off, mm. um, set all those little issues that are continuing to <laughs> stir in your brain aside for at least a short period of time and right. Um, put yourself in some other world. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways to do that, not even necessarily through um, just reading, but... Paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. (laughs) Exercise, anything where you're taking a little time for yourself to uh, give back to yourself.
0: What is one piece of advice that you have given over and over again That nobody listens to. (laughs)
1: Yes, for me, I think what I have seen is in my practice is, uh, you know, I'll have clients that come to me, and and honestly, uh, a a lot of them come to me at at a point in time when they're in crisis mode.
0: Mm. It's
1: kind of late, then, isn't it? I won't say it's too late, right? But. There, you know, In that moment, maybe I can see where, it, had they come to me earlier in the process, mm-hmm. at the forefront of things, where we would have an opportunity to, um, to plan a little better, um, to look forward and try and anticipate and act accordingly, right. see the benefit that that would have brought. Um, but I do recognize that um, clients and the general public probably have an overall hesitation to engage lawyers um, at the forefront of things right. because sure. they're concerned about cost mm. and time. And I mean, let's be frank, a lot of people don't like lawyers. Sure. So don't yeah, 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 interface yeah. with lawyers. So, but um, honestly, there are. Time and time again, I have seen it, where had uh, a client engaged us earlier on, uh, we could have probably helped them avoid some heartache and...
0: an expense.
1: An expense.
0: What makes you wake up every morning and open your business?
1: So I'm a firm believer that, you know, you need to be very intentional about the way you create your professional life Mm. and you you invest in your professional life and create that professional life in such a way that it supports your personal life
0: oh yeah yeah
1: so i think what continues to push me forward in this business and continue to to practice in this firm is is my own family Mm. and the um, idea of the manner in which my husband and I are committed to raising our kids and the family life that we want to create and how our business supports that.
0: Ah, it's not the other way around.
1: It's not the other way uh, way around.
0: And it's an open delta. Exactly. (laughs) If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that?
1: So I can be reached by phone at 661-215-4980 or by email at kristen at hagen-law.com or they can always uh, reach us through our website which is www.hagen-law.com and on twitter and on twitter and that handle is at hagen dennison law
0: well kristen this has been a real privilege thank you for joining us here on small business celebration
1: thank you so much for having me i
0: appreciate it and i'll be right back with my final thought 80 years. For 80 years, the Clarou family has owned and operated Clarou Tire by bringing families and businesses like yours the quality tires and brake service you would expect to keep your family and your business safe for thousands and thousands of miles at a time. Visit Clarou Tire at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or give them a call at 661-324-6069 and discover the Clarou Tire difference for your family and your business. 80 years. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at ClarouTire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U-Tire.com today performing for ourselves. One of the things I really enjoyed about our conversation this week with Kristen Hagen is that she talks a lot about getting in front of things. The old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Maybe part of the reason that she sees a lot of that is because we as business owners spend a fair amount of time performing for ourselves. We keep telling ourselves stories and say, well, If only this would happen then that would be so much better or I can't wait for that to happen because things will be so much easier but in reality we're just eluding ourselves and sometimes as painful as it is and I've had this myself sometimes we need to take a step back and analyze what's really going on we need to stop performing for ourselves. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Kristen Hagen, the partner in Hagen Denison LLP, And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week.